on for podcasting. Live from the DraftKings Sportsbook and Wild Rose Studio, this is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM as we take you until noon. Tommy Birch coming up in about 20 minutes. We'll go around the central Iowa area with Tommy Birch, our friend from the Des Moines Register. Lots to talk about with Tommy. Lots to talk about with our next guest. There always is. Off to Chicago we go. He's David Kaplan, ESPN 1000, NBC Sports Chicago. Cappy, Trent, and Ken. Happy Thanksgiving, Capper. How are you? Very, very well. Happy Thanksgiving to you, all your amazing listeners. And we did our Thanksgiving meal draft today on our radio show, Captain J. Hood. And I'm not a turkey guy. I don't like turkey. I think it's chewy. I'm just not a fan. So I picked that I was going to have a steak. And you think I just basically literally... <laughs> literally ruined everyone's holiday it's un-american Unbelievable. un-american of you kappa but uh but anyways uh so cap a lot of ground to cover with you obviously the bears i, I want to start with the cubs though and you know hoyer had his first con- uh, press conference uh, earlier in the week uh you called it i was off last week couldn't answer the bell but i'm sure that um you know you, you did well, week weeks ago you thought that there's no way theo was going to go into this transition year and be a part of it knowing that he wouldn't be there to see it through you were right so many questions ahead so many decisions when will they get to them cap and what would be maybe the decision number one uh is going to be what and what might that tell us as far as what direction that the franchise is going uh as to what they do well decision number one is going to come next week december 2nd is the tender deadline that you have to tender players a contract that are either not on a long-term deal a or B, are not yet headed to free agency, thus they're in the final year of arbitration. And so you've got Schwarber, Baez, Bryant. Those three all have to be tendered contracts. Technically, so does Wilson Contreras, but he's got two more years, and he's obviously going to be tendered a contract, and they already picked up the option on Anthony Rizzo's deal. So that's where you're at. And by next week, when we speak next Wednesday, we'll have an idea of what direction they're headed. Because I can promise you, Jed's working the phones trying to trade Chris Bryant's money or Baez's money or Schwarber's money or maybe Contreras' money. But who out there? Just I'm just be keeping it real here. I love Chris Bryant. But who out there in a pandemic – where everyone is bleeding money. Who out there is going, yeah, you know what? I'm going to take the $20 million or so that he's going to get in arbitration. He made 18-6 prorated for the pandemic this past season. His number's not going down, even though he drove in seven more runs than the three of us combined. <laughs> His number's probably going to come in around 20 to $23 million, somewhere around that. Please tell me the team that not only says, 
you know what? I believe he's going to get healthier and get back to being the guy we saw in 16-17. I'll take all the money. Now the Cubs have the relief. But they're not just going to give him to you. Yeah, we'd like your two top prospects for a guy that could be the MVP. Nobody's signing up, in my opinion, for that. So would I be shocked if they non-tendered him? I would not. I'm not saying they're going to. It wouldn't shock me. More realistic path that we continue to see tweaks here the next couple of years trying to find that right formula or a complete teardown and rebuild like we saw Boston is in the process of doing, getting ready Mookie Betts. And we saw the Yankees do it. It was just a season for them, trading Chapman away, then getting him back, of course. But what, what's more realistic, that they try to retool on the fly here or we have a complete rebuild on the horizon? I don't think it's either, Trent. I don't. Uh, I, I don't think that a complete teardown is something they're going to do because they have too much talent on the roster and in the system to get to a 101-loss team like we saw in 2012. You know, that means you'd have to trade away Kyle Hendricks and Hugh Darvish and Craig Kimbrell and some of your, you know, prospects that you really like are in the lower minors, not the upper minors, so they're not ready to play. They're not going to blow this thing up, especially when they've got the marquee network that they have got to find a way to get people to watch. So I don't see a full teardown, but I also don't think, like, the Yankees did not tear it down. The Yankees traded away Andrew Miller and got a bunch back from Cleveland, and they got Glaber Torres from the Cubs for three months and the playoffs of Araldis Chapman. But they were right back at it pretty quickly thereafter. It wasn't like they became a 100-loss team. So I truly believe that they're somewhere in the middle. I don't see any scenario where they're bringing this core back and going, let's augment here and sign that starting pitcher there, no shot. Hmm. Not going to happen. But I also don't see them at 100 loss. Cap, uh, obviously, I mean, things have changed since the Marquee Network was, uh, the plan was launched and the work behind the scenes. And obviously, this year when the curtain went up on the new network, do you think they're having second thoughts, Cap? I mean, I know that they got a lot of Vissen program. I turn it on, TVG's on in the afternoon over there. Not, <coughs> excuse me, not a lot of programming. Are they having second thoughts? Would they do it again? Wow, that's a really good question. Um, I know people who have talked to some of the higher-ups at the Cubs on the business side, and one of those people made a remark in a meeting, how in the hell did we not get a deal done with NBC Sports Chicago rather than you know, going into this and trying to hit the home run with our thing, and now we're in a pandemic, and the team was going to be changing. Like, How did this happen? Well, it happened because you refused to sit down and really negotiate with Reinsdorf and Wirtz and say, all right, how do we keep this together? I know for a fact, 100%, that Tom and Rocky, excuse me, that Jerry and Rocky, Reinsdorf and Wirtz, at a board meeting, said to Tom Ricketts, hey, man, before you go do this, we have an opportunity to put a deal together with AT&T, U-verse, for, but it has to be all four teams, Cubs, Bulls, White Sox, Blackhawks. It has to be all four. And Tom said, yeah, hard pass. Appreciate it. We're doing our own thing. And that was it. So 
Now you have NBC Sports Chicago that has the White Sox, Bulls, and Blackhawks, and you got the Cubs kind of listing out there. Sinclair's had their issues. The Cubs are in a rebuild or retool or whatever we're going to end up calling it. Yeah, I think the Cubs made a drastic mistake. Well, a team that's made a lot of drastic mistakes <laughs> at quarterback <laughs> is the Chicago Bears. Cap, uh, a bye week. I was incredibly thankful to not have to watch our team that we root for on Sunday and just be able to watch NFL football and enjoy it throughout the day. Your take, the bye week, they're still 5-5, five and five, but where we go from here? And what was the conversation in Chicago during the bye week? Uh, the conversation is, do we play... Mitchell Trubisky again at quarterback, which I just find hilarious because you guys know I have said to you guys for a long, long time that Nick Foles is not who people think they are getting. I was amazed by all the people in town, on the air, fans who should know better. Oh, Nick Foles is light years better than Mitchell (laughs) Trubisky. Yeah, okay. Let me know how that worked out. He's a statue back there. He's a great guy in the room. He's a smart guy. He has command of the playbook, except he doesn't have a good offensive line. He's immobile. He's nowhere near as accurate as everyone thought he was. They're in a bad spot, man. Like, my partner in crime on the radio on our station, John Yurkovich, who comes on right after me and we cross-talk together every day, he said if he was Mitchell Trubisky's agent, and this is a guy that played 10 years in the league, he would tell the Bears, you want me to go back in now behind that offense? Mm. Really? No shot. I'm going to be a free agent. You washed your hands of me, I'm going to take care of me. Now, I've had other people, like Olin Cruz, say to me, that's not who Mitch is. Mitch is a competitor. Mitch is a guy who's going to say whatever's best for the team. And if I go out and play better than all of you think I'm going to play, maybe someone else in the NFL says, you know what? They misused that kid. We can fix him. He was the number two overall pick just three years ago. So I fully expect that if Nick Foles can't go and he didn't practice yesterday, that Mitch will Hmm. play and not tell the Bears, yeah, hard pass, I'm out. Hmm. Uh, of course, the Packers and the Bears will renew acquaintances on uh, on Sunday Night Football. Cap, look, they're they're no longer in the playoffs. The Bears, they're on the outside looking in, but there's still clearly a pathway. Does it feel like a playoff team to you, Cap? That even if they get in, they're in briefly, right? They get to the wild card, they would go and play whoever the two seed is going to be. Does it feel like uh, that that's going to happen? Uh, look, if they make it, you know, with all the COVID range raging around everywhere, wouldn't be shocking if we had a week of games postponed or Mm -hmm. teams had to start not playing. And then all of a sudden this emergency plan goes into effect where you have, um, eight teams from each conference make the playoffs instead of seven. And so if the bears were all of a sudden to make it, all right, whatever, Whatever. You gamed your way in. That's all you did. You got lucky because of the system. You're not going to win a game. Uh, No no shot. Uh -uh. You're going to get your head kicked in. So what did you prove? Nothing. I think they need a hard reset. You know, I was talking to my brother last night. I've always, you know, I like Ryan Pace very much. I think Matt's established a really good culture in there. But the bottom line is, hey, man, I pay you how many millions of dollars to be my general manager? 
and you evaluated the quarterbacks and left not just Deshaun Watson on the board, who was the most accomplished coming into the draft, but you passed on Patrick Mahomes for Mitchell Trubisky? Like, how did we make that mistake? I can't let you pick my next franchise quarterback. I just can't. So I think they need change, and whether they make the playoffs or not, hard pass for me. The Bears will pick in the range of, what, 12 to 16, probably something like that. Not going to be Trevor Lawrence at that spot. There's not going to be uh, probably even Trey Lance of North Dakota State. But that's a long ways away. Still with that, you're more than likely, unless trading up, not going to get one of the top-flight quarterbacks in that mid-range that they're going to be drafting in the first round. Chuck Pagano's on the staff. Can he make a call to Andrew Luck? Any chance they can revitalize that? The draft hasn't worked for the Bears now, seemingly forever. Maybe a different direction could work in getting a quarterback? Andrew Luck's not coming here. He's done. He's not coming back. He's had shoulder issues. He's absolutely not coming back. So where do they go from here? Look, if they lose out and they finish 5-11, and 11, they're going to pick 9, 10, 8, 12, somewhere in there. I Look, if there's a quarterback, Patrick Mahomes went 10th. So if there's that guy sitting there, yeah, obviously you take him. But if you look at the draft and whoever's making that decision goes, yeah, he's okay, I like him, I'm not sure, take the best freaking offensive tackle on the board. Somebody that for the next 8 to 10 years, that guy's going to be plug and play. I would love to see them find a way to get Panay Sewell from Oregon. Yeah, good luck. He'd be the number one pick yeah. in any draft that, that didn't have Trevor Lawrence or yep. Justin Fields in it. But, you know, he's 6'8", 335, 340. He's a phenomenal athlete mm-hmm. for that size. So, yeah, if I could find a way to get a guy like that or the next best offensive tackle, I'm in. 100%. I got to build my lines. I'll figure the quarterback thing out. Because no matter who I draft, unless you're telling me there's a Hall of Fame guy sitting there, then I need to do this the right way. I got to draft three offensive linemen. I got to start to rebuild my defensive line like Jim Finks did in the late 70s when the Bears brought him in to run football operations from the Vikings. He said, We'll get our quarterback eventually. We'll play Vince Evans and we'll play Bob Avellini and we'll play Mike Phipps or whoever it is. But we draft Dennis Lick and Ted Albrecht and Jimbo Covert, and we get Mark Bort somehow and Jay Hilgenberg mm. and Keith Van Horn with the seventh overall pick. And all of a sudden, Tom Thayer in the third round, wow, they built a hell of an offensive line. Well, yeah, they built a hell of an offensive line because they had a bunch of first-round picks. Covert, fifth overall. Van Horn, seventh overall. Those were my tackles on the Super Bowl team. Jay Hilgenberg went to seven Pro Bowls at center. Tom Thayer was a hell of a guard. So I've all of a sudden put an offensive line together. Now I go get Jim McMahon. That's how I want him to do it. Hmm. Yeah, that was a pretty good unit, Cap. No doubt about it. Last thing for you, Cap. Uh, Chicago's Big Ten team is unbeaten. They just had a big win last week over Wisconsin. Did anybody notice? Uh, yeah, people are excited here. Are they? Wow. It's not a, yeah, even though it's not a college town, People are fired up that they're 11th in the country and that they beat Wisconsin. And it's funny to watch all the Badger fans going, you guys got a couple lucky calls. All I know is 
They did not run one play, the Badgers, in the red zone. Not one. Hmm. That means you dominated them physically. So I loved it. What about Pat Fitzgerald for the new coach of the Chicago Bears? Yeah, no, hard pass. <laughs> okay. Why? I, he runs a spread offense. I don't want a spread offense. He's not going to be running the offense, though, in the NFL. Matt Nagy was an offensive guy. That doesn't work. He is a guy that knows to organize, knows how to build a program, and knows how to run a professional outfit, something that can't be said with his Bears organization. I think he'd be a great fit. Guy knows how to run a football team. Matt Nagy has a great culture. Talk to any guy that's in that room, they go, we love playing for that guy. He holds us accountable. He's a great dude. Culture is awesome here. Pace does an excellent job in that area as well. No. I, I don't want a college coach who's never been in the NFL. I want a freaking NFL head coach. That's what I want. Cap, uh, on behalf of all our listeners and the people who love listening to you here when you're on with us in Des Moines, happy belated birthday uh, last week, a milestone birthday for you. Cap, that cake, that you, your birthday cake, I, I just put it up again. Boy, oh boy, where'd you get that, boy? My mouth is watering. Oh, that thing was amazing. Oh. It's all black forest cake got chocolate cake white icing and layers of cherry oh let me tell you man i don't fall off the keto bandwagon very (laughs) often that was ridiculous happy birthday captain lately we'll talk to you next wednesday enjoy thanksgiving appreciate you guys thankful for being on your show every week good to talk to you talk to you next week bye-bye David Kaplan uh, joining us from Chicago's 60th birthday last week. The Cap Man, Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors. Now, they're going to be closed uh, coming up here for the, um, the 26th to the 29th. The staff is getting the week off. Good for the folks over at Centurion Stone, Joe Farron, Justin Luchin Company. But once they reopen, if you are in the market for manufactured or natural stone to accent or update your exterior or interior project, check them out. You'll be glad that you did. You can see the showroom. Uh, you can visit them personally once they reopen of course that is at 5525 northeast 22nd 5525 northeast 22nd but go online centurion stone of iowa sponsors the cap man i uh, doesn't want uh, fitzgerald i i couldn't disagree more um, i think he would be excellent i hope he stays at northwestern oh, selfishly God, no. get him well i know there. you're an iowa fan you don't want him there <laughs> yeah get, get, get that, that guy out of there run in a team though it's not about Offense, defense. It's about who you hire. Yes. It's about your coordinators. Uh-huh. It's about finding the right fit and be, being able to work hand-in-hand. Hand and drafting the right guys. With a general manager. Yes. Those are the parts that are important. I think he would be incredibly good in that role. I think he would be a perfect fit. He's a Chicago guy. Mm-hmm. He understands the culture there. And can stay Northwestern forever. He can, yes. He has built that. But if you're a Chicago guy... Don't you want to take your shot? Well, How old is he now? 50? Oh, is he quite 50? 48? Yeah, you know what? He might be. He's pushing 50 for sure. I'm going to leave it up to you to do the Google search on 45 now. is all, man. Look, he's been terrific. He's mm-hmm. got that program leading the way again in the Big Ten West after a blip, which was a down year last mm-hmm. year, get a quarterback, and that defense um, boy, oh boy, Fisher and Gallagher. Sounds like they should own an Irish bar in Chicago is what they should with Guinness and on tap. And, I've seen uh, enough of the John Foxes. There's a retread. Didn't work. Yeah, yeah. Lovey. Tressman, Lovey. Lovey was okay. Dick Duran, Dave Wanstead. Yeah. Ooh. They've gone that route. Mm-hmm. Nothing's really worked. 
Lovey was the closest to working. Eric Bieniemy. We they just had that Matt Nagy. Yeah, that's a good point, right? That's a very good point. Don't have the dudes to go along with mm-hmm. it. What a guy that's a that can build a team. That that's an organizer, not a guy that's the flavor of the month. The great next great coordinator. I want a pro. I want a head coach. Pat's a head coach. That's what I want. Hope he stays at Northwestern. Get him out of there. Miller and Condon, 25 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. Tommy Birch will join us next from the Des Moines Register. A lot of local ground to cover with Tommy. Look forward to catching up with our buddy Tommy Birch next. Miller and Condon, take it to noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. The Iowa State Cyclones are on the verge of greatness, of doing something they've never done before. Join the party after every game with Jethro's Barbecue Cyclone Sound Off. Heather Burnside and Emery Songer bring you highlights, analysis, and of course, your calls. Jethro's Barbecue Cyclone Sound Off. After every Cyclone football game right here on 1460 AM and 106.3 FM. KXNO. 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back. It's past 1130 on a Tuesday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Uh, as we take you up until noon, let's get our friend Tommy Birch in here from the Des Moines Register. A lot of ground to cover with Tommy. Tommy Trenton, Ken, thank you. How are you, Tommy Birch? I'm doing well. Getting ready uh, getting ready for Thanksgiving. It's uh, going to be a big meal in the Birch household. Uh, that's great. I see your son, Bodie. You got the tree up already. It's going to be a good Christmas, I'm assuming, for your son, right? Christmas, after all, is for kids, Tommy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's definitely uh, it's definitely all about him. I, I, although, even, I, I would say the first year, even though we had absolutely no idea what was going on, it was more about us enjoying it for him. Right. So, but uh, we're uh, we're pretty pumped that uh, I think this year he'll be he'll be pretty excited to tear through the gift and and find out all the cool toys he's getting that I'll get to play with. <laughs> yep, and pick up and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> no. Well, Tommy Birches are getting. Well, Tommy, uh, just real quick, I see you writing a lot of uh, of advanced uh, articles on the uh, on the Iowa State women's basketball team. Are you going to be on that beat, Tommy? Yeah, I'm going to be helping out cover Iowa Good. State women's basketball and uh, and Drake women's basketball, and then kind of continuing into this, uh, you know, sports uh, uh, storytelling role, which has been a lot of fun. But uh, you know, covering the Iowa State women's basketball team should be should be really interesting this season because you look at all the pieces for the puzzle that they have coming back, and there are a lot of hype, a lot of hope, and um, a lot of big expectations for this team that probably haven't been around this team since Bridget Carlton was around it. That wasn't that too long ago by any sense, but even then it, it doesn't seem like, um, you know, I would say Bridget's senior year had this type of level of expectation that, um, that this team has going into this season. Well, a lot of basketball on the horizon. I uh, tweeted out just a little bit ago as college basketball begins tomorrow, point spreads already <laughs> trickling out. Drake, the men, a seven-point dog down at Kansas State, and uh, you and I, a three-point underdog against Western Kentucky up in South Dakota. Plenty of basketball on the horizon. Hopefully baseball back at Principal Park, and we do have a date now 
for the game at the Field of Dreams. Birchia, I know you were working on that story, and National Guy got to it first as you were on the verge of tweeting out the information. But tell us a little bit about how it came together and, and where that group that runs the Field of Dreams, the Major League Baseball, where they are in anticipation getting some people actually in, able to watch that game come August. Yeah, I think the Yankees White Sox was always the matchup that mm-hmm. they wanted to have. You know, obviously they had that originally planned last year, but then Major League Baseball going to the regional um, type scheduling took the Yankees out of it. I think they had to have the White Sox in it just for the whole Field of Dreams show, show Jackson right. Angle, even though they have been entertaining the idea. Um, some other teams uh, for that game last year, but Yankees White Sox is something that they've always wanted to have when the uh, 2021 schedule came out. Um, it, you could see right away the White Sox and the Yankees had a series already lined up in Chicago for August, kind of around the date that uh, the 2020 game was supposed to be played. So um, I think that game has kind of always been on my radar, knowing kind of those dates that that was probably going to happen. Uh, we'll see if it actually happens, you know. Uh, there are a lot of hoops that still have to get jumped through. We're not even talking about just COVID-19 when it comes to Major League Baseball. You know, We're talking about getting a new collective bargaining agreement mm-hmm. um, set up and, and going. So um, a, lot, a lot can happen between now and then. The good thing is Major League Baseball is committed to having you know a baseball game in dire salt. They really like the idea of having a game at the Field of Dreams movie site. And they really like the idea of going out to different venues and trying this out. You know, we've seen it with the Little League World Series um, game in Williamsport. We've seen it with the game at Fort Bragg. Um, They've got some other games in in the mix. And kind of the one cool thing that I would say for Field of Dreams going forward is if everything goes well with this game, the hope, at least among organizers and even people I've talked to in Major League Baseball's office, um, is that maybe they can make this a yearly event. Mm. But that all depends on how it goes that first time. So, Tommy, is it, was there a silver lining that it didn't happen in 2020? Obviously, they've got another year to be ready for August the 12th of 2021 with the hope, just like you mentioned, that it is going to go well and they'll check all the boxes and they can't wait to get back. Was there a silver lining that were they rushing anything to get ready for August 2020 that now at least they, you know, they were gifted that extra year? No, I don't think so. I think they were pretty much well um, well into it and ready to roll. Um, you know, I, I think it was getting to the point where the last thing that had to be done was just get the teams there and play the game. Obviously, everything wasn't completely set up, but everything was far along to Major League Baseball within um, – a day or two of the game being canceled had actually already started taking down some of the things. So there's some work that still needs to be um, done to get the field back and ready to roll for, for the 2020 game, 2021 game. Um, but kind of one of the interesting things I found when it came to the, came to this game and them talking about not playing with fans during that first go about, you know, there was talk that, okay, um, in 2020, they may play the game, but they may not play it with fans. There, there's been talk that right now, um, you know, they want to try to get fans, but they don't know if that's going to be a possibility. One of the interesting things I found was you talk to people um, 
with Go the Distance, the company that runs the Seal of Dreams movie set. And a lot of them felt like, okay, hey, we want to have fans at this game, but if we don't, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It gives us kind of a smooth transition, you know, a good um, tryout, so to speak, with this game where we don't have to worry about a lot of those big things that first time around. And maybe puts in a um, good position to have the game back again. Looking forward to it. Should be great, and I can't wait till my twins are playing in a game there, hmm. and I'll, I'll go up and be able to see that stadium after watching on TV coming up in August. Bertie, let's jump into a story here on the local level. You're a Central Iowa guy. You've been here for a very long time. Buccaneers. I think anybody that's been to a Buccaneers game as a fan has enjoyed it, even if you're not a hockey fan. It's just the old building. The atmosphere. It, yep. It's incredible inside that place. And dollar beers don't hurt on Friday nights. <laughs> Maybe had a few of those back in the past. Virgie, with that, the decision to go to Merle Hay, Merle Hay Mall, a place that needs certainly a chance to revitalize itself, an area that could use an influx there. Just your overall thought there, and as a Central Iowa guy, something, a cool idea. Some ideas you know, don't get off the paper. I'm interested to see how this one plays out. Yeah, I think it's going to be really cool and really interesting to see how it plays. Obviously, the, the arena in Irvindale has a lot of nostalgia. Yep. Um, a lot of history, character. And, you know, when you when you walk into the arena, it's like you're not walking into um, something in 2020. You're walking into right. a different time. But I think um, I think a new arena, a new setup, a new location, and you know, a new spot will really expose new fans to to Bucks hockey. And I think that's something that they want to get out. You're always going to have. Um, those diehard Bucks fans, no matter where you play, the key is bringing in some new ones. I think this gives them a really good opportunity mm-hmm. to do that. I'm with you. Tommy Birch from the Des Moines Register. Tommy, who picked up the phone first regarding this? Do you know? Was it the Buccaneers? Was this what, was it their idea? Was it somebody the mall's ownership? Was it somebody from the city? Who got this ball rolling, Tommy? Do you know? I don't know for sure, but I know it's been something the Bucks have been casually looking for for a little while that they've kind of kept their eyes on some different destinations. There have been a lot of rumors about, um, you know, this being in the works and a different location here or there. But, um, you know, I think obviously the derecho was kind of the final straw when it came to the Bucks and right, the roof. Uh, wanting and needing a new home to go to. Interesting. It's uh yeah kind of I I don't know it's hard to envision how it's going to look uh-huh. how it's going to feel and kind of recreating the the magic that there was inside Buccaneers Arena but Arena but you also have the other part of it in a new world where you put some boxes in there you can sell a few of those mm-hmm. and go that direction USHL hockey it, it can you know it better certainly than I do but it's really good gonna be a lot of fun to watch one final thing from me Birchie I'll let Ken finish up with you here. You did a lot on the high school front as we wait basketball. The CIML, for the most part, is shut down until January, though there is a game tonight on the girls' side. Southeast Polk is hosting Mason City, two teams and two schools that have not shut down at this point. When you look at basketball, wrestling, winter sports in general, winter, we see the continued rise in numbers that have, that have happened here over the last few weeks. What do you think it's going to look like? And by the time we get to February for state wrestling, March for girls and boys state basketball, is that even realistic at this point that those are going to go off without a hitch like we've seen baseball, football, volleyball be able to do? 
Yeah, I mean, I think the one big thing high school sports have going for them is they're not doing constant testing. Um, you aren't seeing the numbers that you are in college because um, <clears throat> they aren't doing constant testing, finding out who may have it. They're only doing testing if they have people with symptoms and stuff like that. So, um, you know, in the grand scheme of things, what's going to determine if high school basketball um wrestling or even bowling really gets going and gets to the finish line is probably going to be the school systems that they're in. And if they're virtual learning or um, if they're actually in-person learning. So to say that you think, hey, it's going to go off without hits, probably not realistic. Mm -hmm. But the key is going to be, can they get to that finish line? Tommy, last thing for you. Uh, I, I saw when, when Major League Baseball came in out with their plan last week that they want to start April the 1st. There was a paragraph or two regarding Minor League Baseball, and there's still so many decisions to be made there. Although I think that the I-Cubs brass feels pretty good that that AAA affiliation with the Chicago Cubs is going to remain in place. But I also saw that you know the, 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 the to be planning, if you're Minor League Baseball, for May or June to start the schedule, that they won't start when they normally do in April. Are they preparing for a late start uh, at Principal Park? What uh, Burnaby and company, uh, Gartner and company doing over there regarding the 2021 season? I mean, they don't know, obviously, but is the likelihood that the start season will be pushed back but will go forward seemingly uh, what they're hearing? Yeah, I mean, the hope is to have a season because the idea of losing one season um, it's just absolutely a, a killer to minor league baseball. And we've been talking so much about, um, you know, major league ba- baseball contracting so many teams. There are going to be a lot of teams um, that just die down because they can't survive this. But I think right now the idea is, man, if they can start in May, that's, that's a really good start um, to the season. But uh, it may almost seems like a cautious, optimistic Mm. Yeah, it does seem like that. Uh, we shall see. Tommy, thank you. Enjoy Thanksgiving with your family, uh, your son, and your fiance. We will talk to you in the uh, uh, in the weeks ahead. Thank you, Tommy Birch. Thanks for having me. Good to talk to you, Tommy Birch. DesMoinesRegister.com. And I think that would make sense. You know, I, as we talked about at the beginning of the show, mm-hmm. I just don't see any way that spring training camps are going to open where everybody's there. Right, yeah. It All just the makes minor sense. leaguers, you know, with the major leaguers, you want to keep them apart. Some of the bigger complexes. You know, and there's could, some big ones. Yeah. I don't know what the facilities are in terms of locker rooms. Like We saw last week in college football at Vandy where team didn't go back to the locker room because it's so cramped. And you've seen that at a couple of college places. I wonder if college basketball... You know, something similar is going to be done. You think of some of those smaller gyms, old gyms where it's a cramped environment mm-hmm. and just saying, you know what, do we really need to have 20 people inside this small area or are we just, all right, put your shorts on, put your sweats over top of it and we'll leave from the hotel ready to go yep. and go right to the gym and I we'll go right it. into warm-ups and, I, and we'll go from there. I could see it. Look, the Mohican Sun Tournament, mm-hmm. uh, a multi-team event, it was supposed to start, it is going to start tomorrow. There's been two cancellations today. Yeah, right. And this just continues time after time after time. The news that we started today, Trey Burhau mm-hmm. of you and I, not going to be able to travel with the team over to Sioux Falls as they're leaving today to drive over there and their matchup with Western Kentucky tomorrow. It just, this is going to be the reality throughout this whole basketball season. Does March Madness happen or does May Madness happen? 
in between. Okay. A little bit of a delay. Uh-huh. We'll say this thing is pushed back ultimately two weeks from when it's originally scheduled. So we're looking at a late April Final Four. Uh, Rick Pitino was the first I saw, and he got, I mean, he took a lot of arrows for suggesting that May Madness. Right. And look, he's come up with a lot of cockamamie ideas and done a lot of asinine things. I give guys credit for coming up with that stuff, though. Well, he wasn't the, I mean, he was the first Uh, major name that that has come out with that. I think it would make a lot more sense, but you got to fill this inventory. Mm -hmm. And the inventory right now, I'm going to guess you're getting more money for these games and playing them now than you would being going up against the NBA. ESPN, they need inventory. Yes. They need games. That's true. They need something to fill out their schedule. They'll have the NBA come January. But what were they thinking tonight by not putting anything up? That's There's nothing. Yeah. There's no sports tonight. None. Whatsoever. Outside of your TV show. That's right. I forgot about that. It's not all bad, is it? Uh, we'll talk about that TV show. Who's going to be in the top four when we see tonight on ESPN? Uh, final segment coming up. We've got to play our cut of the week, our yes. cut of the night as well. I haven't done that yet. Miller and Condon till noon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. This ain't your daddy's sports station. Well, well, it probably is, but you get the point. 1460 AM, and now 106.3 FM. This is Des Moines Sports Station. He's required. Hi, Miller and Condit. Final couple of minutes. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Urology Center of Iowa's audio cut of the day. I'm assuming it had to come from Monday Night Football last night, Trent. No doubt about it. Late in the game, here come the Buccaneers. Tom Brady, what was he thinking? Second and ten. Here's Brady. Over an outstretch. Hand and it's too far. Brandon Staley said... Between the numbers is where Tom Brady really likes to live, and that's where they were going to really focus on. And you see their safeties have been playing tight, and they have been playing shallow most of the game to really try and take away the the middle-of-the-field throws. That throw. There's been a number of those that throw this year for Tom Brady. I just, maybe I expect more. You're just kind of waiting. And as they were making the drive there, they mentioned Brady third all-time in fourth-quarter comebacks. In the NFL, tied with Marino, I was, I thought he would have been number one. Um, well, they don't forget they played in the AFC East and they yeah. were up fifty-two to zip in a lot of those games. <laughs> There's just not as many opportunities for comebacks right. because Peyton Manning above him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And Drew Brees. That surprised me. Longevity. Well, both those guys, yeah, longevity a part of it. I, I guess there's just more blowouts for... Yeah, maybe. If I would have had the guess, though, Brady would have been my guess for number one. And I'd have put Elway on the list. I mean, seemingly every yeah. week he was doing that uh, back in his heyday. Um, yeah, it's just because the AFC East had to play a significant role in yeah. that. You get All six right. games against that division, it helps. Right. Uh, what are we going to hear in the TV show tonight? Who's nah, going to be number one? It's Alabama. I think it is, too. Yeah, Alabama will be number one. Although Bill Bender from Sporting News was with us early in the program. He participated in that exercise, mm-hmm. you know, when they have the media. In, and he's the, the head-to-head matchups move the needle amongst committee members. Best win of the year is Notre Dame's win over Clemson. Uh, he thinks that might be enough. Not that it matters. but And it's, it's a just, TV show. And it's one I can't wait to watch. That doesn't matter. 
but they're looking for intrigue. Now, don't they're, spoil it for they're me. They're looking to build. Because of that, yeah, absolutely. I could see Notre Dame at number one because mm-hmm. that people would get will the be people talking down about south. it. Yes. And ultimately, isn't that what you're trying to do? Well, it doesn't mean anything. This uh, means nothing. Do you remember when the playoff was going to ruin college football, ruin the regular season? No, nah, it's going to be meaningless. Well, I'm glued tonight. By the way, our show tomorrow is going to be. Um, well, if you like Claxons, mm-hmm. you normally we get that on Friday, but we won't be here on Friday, so we'll do that just before eleven tomorrow. Our Claxons barbecue giveaway. Murphy and Andy, two fanatics at four. Cyclone Insider Radio tonight at six. Morning rush tomorrow morning. We're Miller and Condon weekdays ten to noon on Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty KXNO one hundred six point three FM.